Hello again, this is Shane and this is Heartlines Podcast. This season, my focus has been on the beverage industry. So far, I've spoken to whiskey brand ambassador, a wine producer, some breweries, beer judge. So why not listen to the back of those episodes and share those conversations with friends as well. And you can also follow me on Heartlines Podcast on Instagram. Now, for this episode, I wanted to focus on the whiskey lovers, you know, people who are on the cold face, essentially, enjoying, appreciating and loving whiskey. So who better to speak to, to than the current president of Dublin Fire Brigade Whiskey Club, Brian Tracy. Welcome to the show, Brian. How are you doing? How you doing, Shane? Thanks for having me on. Pleasure to be here. Talk about the the Dublin Fire Brigade Whiskey Society. Like, How, did, how was that founded and um, what's your role in, as president? Okay, so uh, let's take, we take it back to uh, mm. back in 2018, 2019. There was yeah. a few of us in the, in the job who had a bit of a love of whiskey. Some were members of uh, previous whiskey societies and the Irish Whiskey Society. And we used to meet up regular enough. And one mm. thing it always led to was uh, a little whiskey tasting. And it depended on which bar we went into. But we all sort of had a, we kind of had a, a, an affinity towards the Palace Bar. Uh, we've had a long tradition with them. A um, mm-hmm. couple of bars around Dublin where we would have popped into as well would have had good whiskey choices. And so over the years, there was about six or seven of us kept meeting up and kept saying, maybe we should try and have a little bit of a whiskey society within the, the job. And our, our job is a, is a weird one. Uh, we have four watches, uh, 24-hour emergency services mm-hmm. within Dublin. So we don't always get to spend time with the right people at the right time. Uh, but what we wanted to have was a focus within the job and and within our own sports and social uh, club in the job, they they provide a bit of finance and a bit of back and for anybody who wants to set up a club. So we have a golf society, we have a football team, we have a, a weightlifting club, we have so many different clubs. But the social aspect kind of went missing for a while. Uh, we used to own our own uh, social club up in Parnell Square. Mm. That that went. We sold that, and so we really had no focus. So it was up to the sports and social club to run nights and we did summer nights and so on. And we still do them. But then this love of whiskey came through. So it's about six of us and we decided that we'd start our own little whiskey society. Uh, the first sort of setup for it was just we needed to find a venue. Uh, we needed to have a topic or, 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 or a brand to discuss. And it was, it was just so easy. Uh, the six of us formed a committee. We decided what brand we'd, we'd have. And then from then on, we linked in with brand ambassadors and they were all delighted to come on board with the Fire Brigade. And then it came to the first whiskey tasting and that took place in the Palace uh, Bar there on Fleet Street. So that's the whiskey uh, palace that Willie has there. And it just grew from there. The first sort of initial tasting, we didn't really have a club name, but I tell you, we had great uh, membership uh, desires. I think... The first tasting had about 25, 30 people at it. And then when it was found out that this was going on, other people wanted to join. We eventually ended up, we have somewhere around 85 members. And that's across the four watches. What happens is when we're setting out our calendar, we kind of have to look to pick nights where it, it gives every watch the equal opportunity to turn up. Because a Tuesday night, there's one watch working, there's one watch coming off, and there's going to be another watch coming on in the morning. So you have to take into account those uh, shift patterns. So I can tell when I'm going to be in work for the next 10 years. I can just work it out wow, today. Okay. Wow. So you follow that same system. It's roughly, it's three days on, three days off. And then you start with days and you end with nights. We do nine hour shifts in the day and we do 15s at night. So that's the way our system kind of rolls around. So if you think about it, when I start on a Monday, when I finish on the Monday day, I now have another watch coming in for that night. But they'll have done the Saturday and Sunday before me. So that will mean that, say, I'm C-Watch, D-Watch come in after me. And then when I do my Monday day, Tuesday night, when I finish, A-Watch come in. So it rolls around. So you can see that some of the days when we have a whiskey tasting, a watch might be just finishing at 6 o'clock on that day and they're not mm. due in till six o'clock the following night. So that's an ideal time for them to come into us. But also at the same time, there's a watch that's been completely off for those three days. So if it's in the middle of that, it's an ideal night for them to come in. So it's 24 hour, 365 days a year. There's always some watch on. So the guards have it. I think they call it groups. And then we have an A, B, C and D watch. I think yeah. in other fire services in the country, they have like blue watch, white watch, green watch. And yeah. I know England do that as well. As a committee, we have to be aware of that. We have to make sure that if, you know, say we even in the sports and social end of things, if we do like our Santi uh, Christmas party, 
every year has to be for a different watch that's so you're not being unfair to a particular watch, you know. I'm the president this year. Some of the tastings I would be working for. So as the prez, I, I kind of have to schedule them into my leave because we do mm. get a bit of leave added in. So it's just looking at calendar and making sure that we keep everybody happy. Because if you've got 85 members and you have people floating in and out that want to join into certain things, you have to accommodate them as much as possible. We have some staff that would work nine to five. Uh, senior officers might be nine to five and on call. So we get a good few of them along. I think it's just a great way of keeping the job together uh, socially. And so after our first meeting went really, really well, it was a sort of a, an impromptu thing, uh, very little uh, organizing in a bar getting that whiskey ambassador in. Mm. And then we decided we need to have a, a good name for the club. So we all, like, we came up with there was some mad names come in and there were some really interesting names and some of them you, you couldn't repeat. But <laughs> one of the... <laughs> One of the topics that popped up, and I thought as soon as as soon as the committee kind of heard it, it definitely resonated with us. Someone said it should be DFB eighteen seventy five, and the reason behind the eighteen seventy five is the Great Whiskey Fire in Dublin that happened in the year of eighteen seventy five, and it's it's where our heritage is. You know, it's it's back in the days when like firemen really really worked in bad conditions. The city itself was was rough and ready. But one thing we had in the city, and it kind of goes through the DNA of the city, is whiskey. Uh, the fire started there on the corner where Southside Angling is around the Coombe. That was a big bonded warehouse. And the whiskey fire started the liquor flow down the streets. And not one person was killed by the fire. So we kind of, we take it as if that was a big win for the Dublin Fire Brigade. They saved mm. an awful lot of property, saved an awful lot of life. Yeah. And they did it in very unusual ways. And we just thought it was a great way to look back at some big part of history that DFB was involved in, but also with whiskey in the background. So it was a unanimous decision, DFB, 1875. Uh, ever since then, like we've we've a merchandise uh, section. We have two lads who look after the merchandise, and we have tops, we have caps, we have uh, badges, we have pins, we have coasters. We're just we're we're doing everything to sort of sell that brand, and it's going really, really well as regards you know uh, across all the different nations. And when we have visiting fire brigades during say you know Paddy's Day and the likes, they just love the story. They love mm. the link in, and even if you go to the likes of Teelings for their tour, they discuss the whiskey fire because it's literally uh, Newmarket Square, mm -hmm. just off the corner of that. And they feel they have a, 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 a part of that because their old distillery would have been in that golden triangle. So I think as regards Dublin Fire Brigade, we're the people that they call out when there's fires. Yeah. And we like to think that when uh, this whiskey is produced, we can then share it and have our stories. And one thing firefighters are is very sociable. Yeah. Uh, when we when we finish the job, we like to relax and do several different things. It's just nice that we can now meet up in our, which is technically our home, uh, the Palace Bar and the Whiskey Palace. That's where we do our, our tastings, and it's it's just a great way of getting people together from the same group, and we do it over the year, and we, we do about nine tastings a year, and then we have other events as well uh, associated with the whiskey. And would you like, uh, so would you host it yourself, or would you bring in brand ambassadors? Yeah, so like we, we have a long list of brand ambassadors that want to get into us, and as you probably are aware yourself, like yeah. the, 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 it's, a, it's a bit of a merry-go-round. People change all the time, and yeah. new brands want to come in and they want to get the best people you know yeah uh, we've 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 had so many we've been really lucky with our brand ambassadors uh jerry garland has been amazing with us down in idl during lockdown he was especially good to us and set up an awful lot of things we've had even distillers you know distillers want to get involved with us and what we want to do is we want to offer the opportunity for them first of all to put their wares in front of us but also we want to keep things fresh and new and so during the year we normally have four or five whiskey ambassadors in and then we like to team nights so between the committee of about six seven of us we decide uh, what we'd like to try next and sometimes it involves actually taking people out of their comfort zone and having them present whiskies and look anybody you talk to will tell you I'd talk the head off a donkey uh, it, it just it's natural enough to me I don't mind getting up in front of people and discussing yeah. stuff and I've done I've probably done about five or six of them now at this stage I think one of your questions you, you previewed to me was uh, is it done by committee or is it one person in particular yeah. we all we all come up with different ideas and I find that once you involve five or six people it becomes a better project I think you have a better outcome and then you know when we eventually get to the the 
the issue of what we're going to do. You can see certain people going, definitely turning up to that one. The first kind of real project that we did was during the Rugby World Cup, we had a whiskey from six of the nations taking part in the Rugby World Cup. So that gave us a bigger spread around the, the globe. Then recently, one of our last tastings was, it was nips and nibbles. So you got your whiskey and paired with it was a little snack and it was a fantastic night. Now that kept me up for weeks trying to pair the different things again i took advice from other people uh, everybody has their own favorite snack with whiskey and we did some tastings here in the in the bar and then uh, on the night we had six different whiskeys and six different snacks and it was amazing to see how some things really set the whiskey off and some things kind of people gone there so i wouldn't have that but it's great that they have that personal choice because I think if you go to a whiskey society tasting and everybody likes every whiskey and everybody likes every idea, you're not getting a true reflection of what people think. I mean, we've all been to whiskey live, you know, by half five, half six, everybody's agreeing with what the brand ambassador is saying and they're getting his notes. But I'd rather take a, a very personal view of it. And sometimes a little bit of controversy kicks up. Somebody goes, no, I'm not having that. And they give their opinion, but it's an open forum. It's very relaxed. And uh, normally they, they just... They're just great nights where, you know, everybody lives happy. Everybody feels they get good value. The cost to us, it's really just the whiskey. Yeah. Um, the brand ambassadors come in and sometimes they're really, really generous. Most brand ambassadors provide you with the whiskey FOC. And then any money that we make from the night goes back into the club. Bit of branding. You know, we have little uh, sort of uh, flags and banners that we can stand up and make sort of a, a, a background in. And we're just trying to improve what our whiskey society offers to our members. Uh, mm. At the moment, at the moment, the membership is just you have to be a firefighter in DFB yeah. and you just sign up to the WhatsApp group. Uh, and future plans are to actually charge a membership. But out of that, we'll have other plans like trips, distillery visits. Uh, we've done a couple of walking tours around Dublin. All this kind of stuff just brings us it just brings us all together. And uh, it's just it's, it's one of those loves that I have that sit down, have a chat discuss what you're you're drinking and everybody gets something from it and it's amazing how people have their 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 palate has changed their enjoyment has changed mm. um one, one big one that we had recently was we decided to do a full-on scotch night so uh as firefighters we're well used to smoke we're well used mm. to all those tastes and flavors of smoke yeah. and for a lot of firefighters uh some of the heavier scotches they describe them as tasting like the burnt out dashboard of a Ford Fiesta. You, you kind of have the, 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 some of them hate the smoke, some of them love it. Yeah. And it was amazing to see people on the night, the, the change in them. They wouldn't have gone for peated whiskeys. And now all of a sudden they've become more interested in peated whiskeys and not just scotch with peated whiskey. Some of them have even gone and found some stuff from uh, Tasmania, India, yeah. and then some of the other uh, peated whiskeys, even from Ireland, you know, the likes of Connemara. Yeah. And they're enjoying something. So it's something that they wouldn't have had their eyes open to without the club. And it's something like I, I personally didn't really want to go into the Scotch end of things just from that peated end. But by God, I'm happy we did, you know. We had some wonderful uh, Scotches on the night. Uh, one of the winners was a long row. It was a, a beautiful uh, red wine finish. But the, the peat, just the smokiness helped us. Mm. And I think the lads... And ladies of the club really just got stuck into it that night, you know. So it's a, it's definitely a learning process, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, also, as well, like like I I think whiskey really like ties in well with conversation. I mean, um, because you're not gonna when you drink whiskey, ideally you shouldn't be knocking it back like like points. You know, it's it's no. it's it's sitting there. It's it's sips, and you're telling you're like you're telling like little stories and talking about life, and it's very just casual and relaxed, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I agree with you totally on that. We actually have a member who, uh, one of his passions outside of his uh, job and, and, and whiskey, and, and we, we drink a few points, mm. he loves poetry. And so he's actually written a poem about whiskey within the palace, and it's something that we're working to try and get onto a picture or some sort of depiction of the palace yeah. and have it hanging in the palace because it brings us back to what you're talking about, the conversations, yeah. the ability to just sit there and enjoy. You might have one, maybe two drams, and it could last you an hour, two hours, but yeah. the conversation happens. And yes. you could be talking, you could be talking about anything. It's my time to decompress. Yeah. It's my time to wash away the worries of the day or the night. Because I do know that through our job we 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 see 
some horrible things. We yeah. deal with horrible stuff, mm. but we need ways of decompressing. And when you look at the ways of doing it, some of the ways are physical activity, sports, yeah. even just reading a book or, you know, sitting on the, you know, on the side of a, a river and fishing. You know, there's so many ways of doing it. I love, as my way of relaxing, having a pint and a dram. Yeah. And sometimes the dram can give you lovely memories of things in your past. And sometimes that dram can send you looking at things that are coming up in the future. Yeah. Like it, when we talk about our, our system in the job where we get, kind of deal with critical incident stress, one of the things they talk about is that alcohol can actually add to the problems. And that's something that we have to be very aware of because if somebody, as you say, is going out and just knocking back drinks, they're not there to enjoy the time. They're trying yeah. to knock, knock it out blind and that's not good. And I think there's a great awareness with us on that. Uh, I, th I think it's a good way of being able to spot people who might be in a bit of trouble and mm -hmm. maybe have that chat with them over your time with them. And I just think that getting us together within that club, there's so many levels within that club we have, like we've had from our chief fire officer all the way down to our new recruits at these tastings. It gives us a sense of family. It gives us a sense of, of belonging. And I think it's a great way of us just having times with each other and enjoying what's put in front of us, you know? Yeah, I can imagine. Like, I mean, I I, I see anyone who does like a nurse or a fire, a fire, working a fire brigade or a police officer, a guard as a vocational job. It's not a job where you just go, oh, I'm going to join because... I'm sure it's difficult to get into that job. Yeah. Like to yeah. really, like you need certain characteristic traits and you need to be like, you need to be able to deal with the, you know, this, the heavy stuff you're going to deal with. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. yeah, and, yeah. The and the thing is, like I'd say, you know, you have days and you want to just go and drink yourself stupid probably, but with whiskey, you're just sipping, you're just sipping away and, and then you're able to talk about those things and able to decompress a little bit, as you said, you know? Yeah, yeah, and, and what we also sort of look at in our uh, tastings is di people's different level of comfort with whiskeys. Mm. Um, anybody that starts into whiskey, like I would always say, uh, friends who will go, well, what should I start drinking to appreciate whiskey? Yeah. And you're always talking about your base level whiskeys, you know, the, the kind of brands that we all know, the Jemisons, the Black Bush, and yeah. introduce them to the idea of sipping it. Yeah. Uh, I, I just hate seeing people in a bar knocking back shots, you know, the amount of work that goes into making whiskey mm. and then it's gone in a second and all they're yeah. really feeling is the burn because yeah. the alcohol is just a flash down the the, the gullet. Yeah. But when you get somebody who really wants to start understanding and enjoying whiskey, yeah, I think they will get the idea that even when you go up in the AVB, ABV and you start looking at cast strength whiskies, if you approach them initially, you might not be able to go at them. But what we do in the club is we explain to them, if you want, you can you know put a little bit of water in, mm. maybe put in a bit of ice or a, a cooling block, mm. whatever works for you. There's no right way or wrong way to enjoy your whiskey, but the main thing is to sip it and savor it. Mm. Find, you know, nose it, get the mouthfeel, then get the flavors and then enjoy the aftertaste. You know, the finish in some of the whiskeys lately have been just amazing. Um, just one in particular that really caught my eye and, and kind of blew me away was a, a Dingle single cast called Sodom and Bagara. And it's a sherry, it's an Oloroso sherry finish. But it's I actually, I think I have it there. It's mm. six, it's 60.1%. And it's an incredible whiskey. It has everything. It will, it'll literally punch you in the face at the start. And then following those layers down as it gets to that amazing finish. I don't think anybody who doesn't drink whiskey could appreciate that straight out of the bottle because it is one of those real challenging whiskeys. But what they've done with that down in Dingle has been phenomenal. And we found one whiskey or two whiskeys in each brand that do that. So it's amazing to see the progression of Irish whiskey. And it's great to see it come back. Because when I was a kid, uh, our family would have been powers people. That's yeah. what whiskey was in the house. And I just remember that from when I was young. My own dad loves a scotch. You know, I don't, he's, ne he's never put out a car fire, so he doesn't understand the relationship there with the smoke. But he loves yeah. a scotch. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of appreciate a scotch now myself. And that's because of the, the, the club that we're in and the ability mm. we have to access these different, uh, different casks and different companies, you know? Mm. Like, I want to lean into like, like your, your work, you know, because, um, I was going to ask, like, what was there a family connection going into the fire service or was it just you had this kind of urge to help society? So, yeah, I suppose looking back on my own career, uh, I had a brother-in-law who joined the service back in 1987. And I always, you know, I always looked, I always looked at firemen in, 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 where I live in, in Talla, just in this little area alone. There's probably about seven or eight retired firefighters have lived around here. 
And growing up, it was one of those uh, vocations. I looked at it and said, yeah, that's the type of thing I'd like to do. I, I hate office work. Mm -hmm. I trained initially when I came out of school. I, uh, I went to college for electronic engineering and I kind of see my future heading down that road and I was so bored. Uh, I get easily bored, hence the, the bar that was built during lockdown. Yeah. I just get so easily bored. And one thing with the fire service job, we provide fire and ambulance service and rescue within Dublin City. So it's always challenging. There's so yeah. many facets to it. And when I seen like my brother-in-law joined in 87, Great to watch him go into that service and some of the stories that were brought back to the dinner table and, you know, around Christmas time and that. And I just thought that job would really suit me. Now, at the time, I don't know whether my family thought that. We've no history in the fire service and a, a lot of families have that history and there's guys that come to the tastings and they would have had great grandfathers who were in the yeah. service. I remember I tried to get into the fire service when I was 18, failed miserably. And I don't think it's the type of job for an 18-year-old. You need a little bit more sort of life experience but then a couple of uh, other attempts and I eventually got in in 2001 and then like since then I have loved my job I've never I've very rarely not wanted to go in the only days you might not want to go in is if you know you have a family engagement on or you have a family thing that you would really love to go to and unfortunately the air shift system when you're due on call you're due on and that's you yeah. you're set up and uh, then I had a brother who showed an interest in 2003 four in coming in and he got in so he's in the service now since 04 uh, i've had a couple of friends that have kind of come along on the journey and we're all very similar individuals we all like uh taking risks we all like trying new things and one thing i love about the job is you can't tell from one day to the next what you're going in to do because once the bells go off or once we get a call uh, whether we're on the ambulance or the fire engine you just have to turn up and it could be something you've never dealt with but it's a bit like being macgyver you adapt yeah adapt and overcome at each event you know i have a few friends who are guards and yeah they have a sense of humor but i, I feel i feel firefighters probably would have more of a sense of humor i feel they'd have to because you know they'd be the first on the scene to an, an accident or or an emergency and they'd have to be able to you know deal with it emotionally and, and able to kind of not 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 like uh, appreciate life you know and not just like be mm. very like blase about things you know i think that's that's that that runs through a lot of the emergency services and even people who work in hospitals and you yeah. know hospices i think you have to be a very specific type of individual mm. i know they talk about it as being a very black humor yeah I, I I never really seen it as being a black humor. I think it's just a way of uh, dealing with the trauma that you do see. And yeah. I think as human as humans, we have to realize our own frailties mm. and our own inability to cope with stuff because I suppose the 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 movement that's out there now is for to get men to talk and to get women to talk when they're feeling bad and blue. And we do come across that. And mm. I've seen so many weird and wonderful things in in my time that uh, I don't like to use the term black humor. It's, it's a natural way of decompressing stuff by being a little bit jokey, sometimes a bit overly funny or maybe a little bit over the top with some of your humor. Yeah. But I think that's one way that we definitely use to take away that uh, worry or the thoughts that might be going through you. Uh, we have a fabulous uh, SISM team within the job and it's run by firefighters for firefighters. And I think that that as, a, as an experience, whether you need it or not, it's just good to have that there. If you do want to talk, you know there's somebody there you can talk to. Mm. And they, they run it so well. They, they, they've years of experience at it, decades of research into it. And they kind of know when to operate it and activate it. And I just think that anybody who's listening to this, if you're in those sort of services and you feel afraid to use those uh, local SISM units or even you know the psychology departments, even just talking to your best buddy, uh, mm. talking to a friend who you can trust, just having that feeling that you're not on your own. I mean, we have we have a family. I, I work in a station where I feel like I have a family of about 12 people. That's who's involved with me on a daily basis when I go into work. And then I come home to my real family. I like to leave most of the stuff from work in work. And so even when I'm in with my family, I organize time with people from that set, from the DFB. That's so if there are things to talk about, do you know what? maybe go for a walk and have a chat. 
around a golf, whatever works for you, whatever gets you, you, you through it. But I think it's it's really important to get that message out that it's okay to have a little chat about things, you know? It's not a sign yeah. of weakness, you know? Also as well, I'd say like, you're saying like, you wouldn't recommend an 18 year old because you need that life experience. Because imagine like, you're, you're putting through a lot of stress tests, you know, when you're going to apply to be a fire, working a fire service, let's say. The, 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 the recruitment process is very detailed. It, it, it's a hard thing to do because we get thousands of people applying for like, 150 200 jobs and yeah. so to actually weed through them or to cull them in some way it that, that that part of it's tough but once you get selected and you're put forward as a candidate like you're put through you're put through a little bit of a test just to see have you got the physicality first of all because parts of it are quite physical mm. then you're also put through a little bit of mental strain in darkness uh you get tested for claustrophobia you're tested for your ability to deal with heights mm. They put you through all these things to make sure that they get the right people for the job. And it is quite uh, amazing to see when you find somebody who thinks they're good or thinks they would be ideal for the job, but there's one portion of it they just can't do. So I think it's really important that that testing is there because if you think about a person who needs help, whether it be up a tree, you know, high-scale buildings, down into holes or in darkness, and especially during fires, you want the best you want people mm. who are able to cope under stress and stay calm. The one thing that I love about what the job gave me was my ability to stay calm. Everything could be falling down around me and I'm the calmest person in the room, just simply through the training and the ability to keep that training in your focus because you know what you need to do to get an outcome. And I think that follows through with every one of us in the fire service. With several different personalities, we all come back to the one thing. We all love a challenge and we love helping people. And that's what that's what the service is about, you know. Going back to you saying, like, I wanted to get to know about you because I'm I, I'm so curious, but I I I don't want to overstep the mark, but I want to talk about the fact that you like you said you've started to invite lots of other fire service from around the world into your yeah. little world. Yeah, there must be a synergy there when you actually speak to these people and realize these have similarities. Oh, oh well, yeah. okay, you might be speaking. You might have you ever uh, gone to or brought any guys from New York over because they would have a very they're going up and down big massive skyscrapers and they have yeah. lots. It's a massive city, what eight million people or something like that. Yeah. Dublin has a one million. So that must be a good chance to kind of really decompress and kind of like share your stories, even though their stories are different, but the same in a way. Yeah, I, what I find with it is their stories are exactly the same. They're just in different settings. And yeah. there's no difference in what we do in regards to what the New York Fire Service does. We've even met uh, fire services from Africa, Australia, mm. Asia. You you're the same people doing the same things just in different settings. And what we love about meeting people from other parts of the world is we can learn little things from them just as they can learn from us. And the one part of the year that we love as the Whiskey Society is Patrick's Day. Traditionally, we walk behind the mayor's carriage. We always have done. We're always first in line in the parade. And every Paddy's Day, we meet up in Fibsborough Fire Station and we have a whiskey toast. And we whiskey toast our uh, friends and, and relations and our friends who've come from abroad, they happen to mostly be American because the Americans flock here for Paddy's Day. But every uh, Paddy's Day, we have that whiskey toast and each year it's getting better. Uh, we used to, for the first couple of years, we used to just serve Jemison. It's what they know. I mean, it, I think the world knows Irish whiskey because of Jemison. Yeah. But what we've started to do now is with the links with the brand ambassadors, we've got involved on the day with different brands and we bring in an ambassador or a distiller or whoever wants to do a little talk and they can then put their new whiskey up on a platform so uh two years ago we had dingle they had launched their new car range their single malt and so they were able to show that to the world and again brilliant having beardy dave in doing a little bit of a toast yeah. with myself Lovely and then man. last year uh i offered it out to Bushmills because we had lauren from Bushmills, and she got in and again pulled out a couple of bottles of black bush and again loved by the americans and it's their way of finding new ways into air whiskey but what we do have is then we have a day of celebrating being part of the one tribe we do the parade at the end of the parade we always have a little drinks reception and a few bites to eat and it's great to sit down and talk with people who have so mad and amazing stories, but they're equally as impressed with some of our stories. But it's all shared over yeah. a little drop of whiskey, you know, yeah, yeah, and yeah. being able to being able to inform them about what we have, you know, because yeah. we all know bourbon, you know, it's sweet. Yeah. What can you say? You know, yeah. They, yeah. they they have their favorites and it's based on what they know, you know. 
Yeah, but they can't use the bars more than once, so that's the kick, isn't it? Until that no, but changes. that's but that yeah. that's the joy. That's yeah, the yeah. joy for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because we yeah. can get their barrels, and that's that's yeah. that's why Irish and Scotch whiskey have that ability to change things. Yes. Whereas bourbon is very set in stone. This is what they can do. And although, like, we've had a couple of bourbon tastings and some good bourbons out there. I think once you get those bourbon casks and then mix them in with a couple of, you know, sherry casks or port casks, cognac, it becomes a whole new whiskey. And I think what we're doing in Ireland at the minute, I think it's it's just going to blow people's minds over the next 10, 15 years. Yeah, I think there's a lot of new um, innovative kind of finishes. I know like uh, Teeling's Master Stiller is from America. So he brought some yeah. like, uh, Virginian oak in as well. So it's nice to see yeah. that. And, and Japanese oak is flying as well. Even in our stillers as well, they have a Method Madness, some Japanese finish as well. So it's nice to see there's some difference. Of course, yeah. bourbon and sherry will never... Sherry's kind of been used by Scotch for however long and Irish whiskey is, is getting into sherry as well. Like some nice sherry finish, especially red breast. So like red breast sherry. Yeah, stuff. yeah. Um, we, we actually did a tasting last year, the previous president of our club, he got all the spot whiskies yeah. from Mitchell's and he mm. broke them down with their component parts. So the likes of any like yellow spot would have a Marsala component. Yeah. But he gave everybody a sample of Marsala wine. The same with any of them that had sherry in them. He had the sample of the sherry that's used. And it was amazing to watch people's faces because everybody loves a sherry bomb. Everybody loves a sherry finish. Yeah. But if you give them a glass of sherry, the amount of faces that were made when they just drank it for the first time was amazing. Because <laughs> yeah. the sherry that's used in a lot of the, the, the spot whiskies, it's like your balsamic vinegar. That's mm. how sharp it is. Yeah. So for, for, for loving the sherry whiskey finish, to tasting the product that was in the barrel before it and then watching their minds trying to comprehend it to watching them then when they were handed a Marsala wine. And I know for a fact that there's at least two lads now constantly keep a stock of Marsala wine in their, their cabinet at home because they loved that idea. And so we had that, you know, it was it was a whiskey tasting, but we had wines, we had uh, sherries, we had ports. It was just all a way of trying the different flavours. And just opening up your, your taste buds, it, it's a great way to explore the way whiskey is created and also how it's finished. Definitely is. I mean, like some some finishes are like your palate just changes like when you when you yeah. when you start going away from the, the, the tried and tested, you know. So it's nice to try different things as well. The other the other thing that uh, I find, and this is a very personal opinion, like I, I have my go to whiskies, right? So I'd have my one or two that I always have and always go to if I need a little drama or, or want to sit down and enjoy a movie. But then I also found that my taste buds and my want for different tastes change with my mood, you know? So if, if I've had a particularly hard day or I've had something challenging me, or if I've even been, you know, it's lately been studying for different uh, projects, I'd often go for it. No, that, that, that whiskey that I love is not going to work here. And I want something else and it can change your mood and it can just, it can open up your mind to other things. So although you, you will have people who like, I, I remember a relation of mine, she only drank Powers Gold Label, wouldn't try any other whiskey. And that was for like, as far as I was aware, it was from when she was in her twenties and she lived to be in her nineties. But I find that some people get stuck in one rut and they never move out of it. What our club tries to do is give you the offerings. That's how you might just try something else. And I know that my top five whiskeys, they very rarely change but there's always one or two that pop in because of an experience with it and just a feeling. And it could be that it's the time of the day. It could be that you've just had a certain type of meal or it could be that you're in a particular mood and I think your taste buds change depending on the atmosphere and, and the environment around you, you know? So that's what I love about whiskey because it can bring back memories, but it can also change change your mood ever so slightly in the right way. And that's how I, I, I express it with whiskey, you know? And we can all learn, like in my job, I'm talking to people every day. Um, in America, they have lots of different types of bourbons and all. And it's great to learn about what they like. So then you can go yeah. and explore and then say, oh, wow. And if you like yeah. it, you, you've, you've found a new whiskey. It may not make a top five, but it might, might make a top 10, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I mean, I, I have a decent selection of whiskeys here. And what I love about it is that uh, like most of them would be, the big brands Irish, but I've also yeah. started picking on little small distillers, especially anybody that puts up new stuff. Recently, uh, got to we we went on a tour to Slane Distillery and we got to taste their new make spirit. And I think what they're putting off there, they have coffee stills there up there, and they're using a, a pot a pot a pot still mash in the coffee still. And like normally, that's just grain goes through that to make loads of grain whiskey, which is you know your filler. 
yeah. no, not much flavor to it. But that pot still mix that's going through that, it's incredible as it is coming off the still. I can only imagine what they're going to do with it over the next, say, five to seven years to start that process of their, their new make uh, whiskey coming off. And uh, look, I'm excited for them. I'm excited for Bowan. There's so many different distilleries and now their liquid is starting to come good. And I think a lot of them are going to challenge the big boys. We all know how big IDL is. I love the place. I've been down there. I've done tours. Yeah. But they they have so much behind them. They have so many warehouses with stock yeah. that I actually, I feel I feel so jealous of the main distillers down there because they can go off and do anything they want. Whereas the yeah. small guy, he has a very limited warehouse. And mm. to be able to produce some of the stuff that they're going to and some of the stuff we've tried and they do give us sort of sample stuff to try. I think that we're in for an exciting decade ahead with Irish whiskey. Absolutely. No, definitely. What was the, la- I was in whiskey live. I met some of your, some of your gang um, at the, or the L stand. Yeah. It was interesting to see that as well. Like I walked around and go, well, I didn't know this whiskey was here and this one and this one. And some are just small independents, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's just, I think it's great that you, you will see over the next few years, some of the smaller guys might not make it. Uh, it's, it's, it's a tough game to get into especially with mm. the powerhouses that are behind that and you look at any of the even smaller ones that were showing any any potential some of the big guys come in and took them over you know mm. uh, Jose Cuervo took over a, a couple of distilleries and then you have your your IDL lads with uh, Perno Ricard that's huge mm. money behind it mm. and you need that you need huge money to be one of the big boys I love the independence. We have a connection now with Dingle. Uh, Graham Cool has invited us down in September, October, and he's going to do warehouse tasting with us. So we won't be doing the, the touristy bit. We want to get into the warehouse and try those spirits straight from the cask. I think that's the, the way forward with it, you know. Um, the next trip that we have is our little uh, whiskey on the tracks. We're going down to Kilkenny in August, and that's another little day out for the lads and ladies of the club, you know. So it should be, it's interesting times ahead, you know, plenty of planning. And then my time's over in November. So the big splash out is in the middle of November. That'd be my last tasting as president. And I've already picked the seven whiskeys that uh, are going are to shine on the night. Is it a yearly thing, the president's role? Or... Yeah, yeah. So the, the, the way we've, the committee have kind of decided to do it is we're trying to keep it at firefighter level. Yeah. Uh, just just to get things off and running and our first president was a retired firefighter uh, one of the legends of the job and you know you, you talk to people and they say remember this time remember this time and it's all going back to old legends of, of the job yeah. and so we we invited him to come in and be the first uh, whiskey president he didn't really have a huge knowledge of whiskey he would drink a whiskey but again not a whiskey uh, connoisseur by any mm. means and his year was magnificent because what we what we were able to do was give him a little bit of backing, but also let him go off and find stuff. And it was amazing what he came back with. Uh, some of the stories he came back with, like he did some amount of research. But I think we put we put him into a position of him not being comfortable, and he was well able to cope because I think that again that goes back to that firefighter ability. Uh, put a firefighter into any place, and they will blag their way through it. You know, <laughs> yeah, they'll, de- yeah. they'll definitely have the ability to 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 flip it and change it. And even if they haven't a clue what they're talking about, they'll make it sound like they're an absolute expert on it. You know, try again. The focus from the committee was to try and keep firefighters at the front of it. And then after the first year, uh, COVID kicked in. So I think that ruined it for a lot of people. But uh, we were the first people to do online whiskey tastings. So as a committee, we just decided that what we do is we try and get people to come in on Zoom. And then do whiskey tasting. We didn't know how how uh, how popular it would be or how easy it'd be to coordinate. They were they were some of the best tastings because again, you were in the comfort of your own home. You were on a, a screen, and some of those tastings, even though like we got brand ambassadors in because they were looking for work to do as well, um, those tastings could have gone on for four or five hours. And even when the tasting was officially over, lads hung on, and again there was that sense of community, even though we were in lockdown. We were sitting at home, but we had all our family around us on the screen in front of us. And some of them, some of them tastings led to some mad discussions late on into the evening, you know, but it was just, it was so well, it was so well taken and so well done. It was just a way of us keeping busy as well, because COVID in itself, having to work in strange surroundings. And we, we never stopped working during COVID. Yeah. We, we kept going, we kept pushing on. It was great to be able to come away from the job. And even though you had to go back to the same home and you had to lock yourself in for the first part and that, you were still able to communicate and it was just a great way of doing it. And you've probably seen it over the, the different uh, years, even like three drams still does online whiskey taste. That's built a business for them. That's pushed 
people from all over the world now to explore Irish whiskey. And what a great idea to be able to do that, you know. So we we definitely uh, augmented the way that whiskey is taste, tasted and enjoyed. But again, using modern technology and the, the fact that we can we can connect without being beside each other, you know. Yeah, definitely. No, we did we done a bit of that as well. Um, and it's different. It's different medium. Uh, it takes yeah. a bit of time to adapt to, but the passion still uh, the passion shines true and it is it is uh, obvious to see that but it, it is different because people don't maybe don't feel they might feel if they're sitting in a room they're going to be picked on but if they're not on a screen they're not they have the distance they don't worry about yeah. being the center of attention if they don't want to be you know we always try and designate one or two people that have never got up and spoken about whiskey to actually do a little bit of research into that whiskey yeah and you you, you do see people who they're so afraid, so afraid to get up and talk. But we put them into the spot. Now, on Zoom, it was great because actually one one guy that I can remember, he had his camera off for the whole thing because he just couldn't face the, the the talking while on camera. And then when we got back into the palace, a, a shy sort of a guy said to him, there's a whiskey coming up now in two weeks' time. That's yours to stand up and discuss. And it was amazing to see the difference. He actually got up in front of the crowd and he was great at it, you know. So I think putting people into those little bits of uh, new, uncomfortable settings definitely brings out the best. And like we, we've had people that have gone on then to want to start teaching in their job. You know, we have uh, paramedic tutors and the likes. And I think that the whiskey club was a great little start to get anybody standing up in front of people yeah. and sometimes just talking their own thoughts, their own words. Mm. But it's great because it's it's taken the it's taken the pressure off the committee all the time. We have a lot of work to do with different tastings and setting up schedules and the likes of, of Declan Rice and Simon and, and Jen and you know they have a lot of media stuff that they do. So our Instagram, our Twitter there's a load of this out there for us. When we come back as a committee, it's nice to get hand out a bit of work to be able to do it. And again, I, I, I'd talk for Ireland. I, I'd get up and do a whiskey talking all the time. It wouldn't be a problem. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's, it's trying to keep it fresh because I'm sure at this stage, if you were to take a poll of the members of the DFB 1875, I'd say at least 40% of them are sick of listening to me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're limited to one bottle of each whiskey. So we have 20 mil serving. 30 people is just about right because we like to give out the the, the ends of the bottles as a, as a bit of a prize at the end. Yeah. But one one particular firefighter that I've known for years, uh, he's now he's now a district officer. So he's gone up in the ranks. He he keeps bringing his dad with us with him, and his dad is eighty, and he's been the the heart and soul of the last couple of tastings. You know, and I, I just love when we don't sell out and he can get a ticket because mm. he brings such he brings such fun and joy to it. And again, I can't use the the words that we used on the night, but there was one particular incident at our last tasting where it was just everybody in the meeting laughed their heads off because of something that this man said and yeah. like I, I have to say he's been a great addition so big shout out to uh, Noel Jackson Sr he's just been an, an incredible addition to the club and uh, I, I think I think we're going to make him an honorary member and just let him come whenever he wants now at this stage because he's part of the furniture you know and it has yeah. worked so far and long may it continue you know I think I think we're only going to go from strength to strength to be honest it's great brilliant now I was going to ask any ex- exotic trips, but you said you're going doing whiskey on tracks. That's on the train. What is that? I've heard. I've heard of, uh, about the whiskey on tracks. Is that like? Is it a certain a distance you're going on the train? Or how does it work? Yeah. So I know that some of the 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 journeys that they've done are just short little uh, hour long trips out where they do a little whiskey tasting on the way up to you know Minute might be one of the yeah. the venturing points. But I know that for this one on whiskey in the tracks, and again you can go online and have a look at all this stuff. It's, yeah. He, he runs a fabulous service. We're going from uh, Connolly Station down to Kilkenny. So on the way down, there's going to be a three whiskey tasting within the carriage. And I think we've sold out a whole carriage for ourselves. So again, Dublin Fire Brigade, 1875 on tour and taking over. Uh, when we get to Kilkenny, we get a little uh, walk around and a lunch. And at the lunch, there's going to be three more whiskey served. And again, the brand ambassador, whoever it is, it's a surprise. I'm not even sure myself who it's going to be, although I have my suspicions. And then you have your lunch with your three whiskeys, and then you get a little bit of shopping time in Kilkenny, and then you get back on the train. And on the way home, there's three more whiskeys for the journey home. So it'll be a it'll be a long, interesting day. Mm. And again, when we pull back into Connolly Station, I can see us all heading across the Liffey and going back into Fleet Street and getting into into the Palace Bar and having a few little drums there maybe just 
decompressing and, and taking on board what we did that day, you know. So it's a nice it's a nice way it's a nice way to be able to uh nice way to be able to spend the time and again trying to change things up something a little bit different each time for everybody, you know. And do you are you the are you the the roving photographer or is it do you have someone in the committee who takes pictures and uh, we 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 have an we have an Instagram guru in the committee, uh Decky Rice, he does all the Instagram stuff and then we have Jen and Simon would do a lot of our uh a lot of our Twitter stuff, and yeah. again, I'm I'm social media. I'm not really that good at it, but again, it was down to who's gonna who's gonna be able to run that for us, yeah, and who can run it effectively. And yeah. I think I, I I'm sure you've had a look at some of our Instagram stuff and some of our yeah. Twitter stuff. I have yeah, there's good involvement there, and everybody seems to get a a go at it, you know. So it's been it's been very good. I just yeah, absolutely send a big shout out to. Uh, Simon, uh, Declan, and Jen for running the the social media aspect of it. Right, I'm gonna wrap it up now, Brian. You, I, I actually like. I, I never. I, I like going in like not kind of blind, but I, I, I never met you before, and I feel yeah. like I've I've known you for years because you just have <laughs> such a you're such a good character, and you're you're full of uh, you're full of like. Well, you talk a lot, but uh, <laughs> no, yeah. but like you, you know, but yeah. you, but you talk sense and you and you talk about and you talk honest and it's, it's you're very straight talking and I like that as well. Um, and I appreciate that. Thanks for coming on. But like, I'm just gonna ask a few more things before I wrap up. So, yeah, um, no problem. Uh, is there a kind of like, is it is does the book stop with you when it, when it comes pick, picking the whiskies for the tastings, or is it just a overall kind of sense of? Yeah. So, uh, as president, really, my my job is to keep everything rolling for the year. Mm. Uh, we we have certain standout markers in the year. The likes of Whiskey Live, that's our that's our big day out for everybody to get out and spend time together. And yeah. because they run it, they run a really good show over the two days with four tastings. So that means all our watches have the chance of getting out. And again, on the on the Saturday evening this year, if you were in there, you would have spotted probably about thirty of us going around with our our t-shirts. We have our our polo tops with the crest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And again, that, that got our, our, our name known and in. But my job is not to necessarily pick the whiskies, but mm. my job is to suggest stuff. And then the committee, we have a little group set up. The committee kind of decide collectively if that's a good idea. And again, yeah. if you if you let one person run away with their, their idea, it might not work and they might not see the pitfalls that could come yeah. up. But uh, the only one that to, to date that I did from start to finish without the, the involvement of anybody was the nips and nibbles. I've seen a, I've seen a tasting recently that uh, IDL, Jer Garland did down in um, Klonski. I can't remember the name of the pub, but uh, he did like a tasting with a dinner with all the red breast stuff. And that kind of got me thinking. I, I sit there with a, a sip of whiskey and I, I always have a snack or two at hand and what works with whiskey. So that was my one job that I had all year and uh, it, it turned out to be a fantastic night. I can't say whether my pairings were perfect, but everybody that was there kind of enjoyed it and I hope it just opens them up to trying new things, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I, I took I took a lot of advice from different people that I'd respect within the industry. So yeah, I made a few phone calls, sent out a few messages and it's great. The, the feedback is always there. I, I don't see any of the whiskey ambassadors or any of the distillers who I've contacted, they've never got back and said no. They're yeah. very can-do people, you know? So I love yeah. that about the, the whiskey industry and like some of my favorite guys I've mentioned. And you, you, you even, you look back to their family that are involved in the whole setup of the, the, the whiskey. And it's great that they give that feedback because it makes us feel important and part of that journey with them. So that's what that's what I love about it, you know? Okay, I'll finish, finish up with a few more questions and I'll let you go. So right. uh, what is your, okay, so if, if you're, at a loose end, and you haven't got any engagements or any whiskey society. What is your like? Where's your where's your local? Where's your, what's what's your favorite local in Dublin? Okay, so if if I was to talk about a local that I can walk to and just you know go and sit and have a pint, it's my own local here at Hearns Pub in Talla. Nice. Uh, I, I I worked there as a boy. Started. I walked through the doors as a fifteen year old as a lounge boy. I worked in the bar. I did a bit of security there when I was training in the fire service. Uh, I, I love going over there for a pint. It's nice, it's local, it's quiet, but, but there's nothing better than going into, uh, I, I love the Palace Bar, sitting at the bar, bit of chat with Willie and the lads and uh, ham and cheese toasty, which are creamy pint of Guinness and one yeah. of your favourite grams. Excellent, cool. Um, uh, what is your favourite whiskey pairing? Because well, like, over the years, what, what, what do you find works well for you with whiskey? One of my top five whiskies that I, I, I just always go back to it. And again, probably it's a family thing about the powers, but I love Powers John's Lane. 
it's a go-to whiskey. I yeah. always have. I always have a, a supply of it, and it was something that was brought to me by a friend a few uh, years ago. Is pairing that with chorizo. If you get a good uh, chorizo and chop it into little squares, little cubes, and then fry it off in the pan and leave it sitting its own juices in a in a in a bowl, and then just nibble on that as you sip your John's Lane, you will be in heaven. Excellent. Okay, cool. And one last one. Okay, so what's your favorite barrel finish? Sherry port, Japanese oak. What's your favorite? Uh, yeah, do you know what? Uh, I, I could talk all day about barrel finishes I love. However, uh, I do love Marsala wine finishes. Nice. I I have a real sweet tooth. Everything that I kind of cook and make always has a sweet element to it. And I think that if you can finish anything in Marsala, it just makes it sing. One of my favorites was the Irishman finished in Marsala. That to me was one of the pe- most perfect pairings one of the best finishes in the in the world excellent yeah no yeah no i'm i would be like i do like the lusteo and um, repress but i do like some i i've had like I've, i was tasting the one for Kurok. that's the as a seaweed finished it's lovely. yeah love that yeah one. have that have that yeah that's it's a beast there yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is a good one it, it and is. again ha- has those hints of uh smokiness that are really yeah. it's, it's hard to describe them because you kind of yeah you're, you're you're picturing back to those fires and the taste that you, you yeah. inevitably end up with in your mouth but i think they've done a good job with that one the current yeah it's beautiful yeah 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 i agree with you once again thanks for coming on for the chat you've been you've been, you've been amazing you've been brilliant uh, I've learned well you're more than welcome shane it's been a pleasure absolute yeah. pleasure to talk to you yeah and uh, best of luck and uh, best of luck in the future tastings and I'll talk to you soon okay yeah cheers hopefully we get you to one of them I'll do if you can is I'll, I'll tell <laughs> yeah. him your cousin or something okay <laughs> well no 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 we, we'll always uh, make room for a special guest you know oh brilliant appreciate that yeah thanks uh, right, right. I'll talk to you I'll see you see you see you thanks and that was Brian Tracy the president current president of the Dublin Fire Brigade Whiskey Club or Society just to learn about his whole his career, his passion for whiskey, how the origins of the brand, the origins origins of the, of the name of the club, the origins, how it started out from a small group of firefighters to over eighty now. And once again, my name is Shane. This is podcast Heartlines. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, comment, uh, share with a friend. Follow, follow me on Heartlines Podcast on Instagram. And once again, you're always very welcome here on Heartlines. This has been episode seventy-five. Yes, three quarters of a century. Keeping, keeping on, keeping on, keep it going as as you will, and hopefully get a few more episodes before we wrap up this beverage season. And take it easy. And bye bye.